The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to The Shepherd at Work, a weekly program to help you learn how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. Host Mark Goldstein introduces you to individuals who are successfully and effectively engaging in marketplace ministry and gives you the tools you need to do the same. The Shepherd at Work is sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. Now, here's your host, Mark Goldstein. Welcome to another edition of The Shepherd at Work. Mark Goldstein, not in the studio with Mike Gillen. Mike, you and I are actually on location at Petro Worldwide today. You know, this is crazy to be here in Nathan's office, Mm -hmm. and we're on location, like you said, and we brought Pastor Rick books along with us today, and Nathan is going to be giving these out to all of his clients. Of course, we had to bring some donuts as well from Dunkin' Donuts. That always happens. So we're dealing with a little bit of a sugar shock (laughs) right now. But again, we we really are excited to be here. Uh, Nathan Weaver, the principal of Petro Worldwide, uh, they do accounting, they do auditing, taxes, they do loans, they, they do a little bit of everything. But what we found out over the last several months of knowing Nathan is you are really an international business guru and you have your finger on the pulse of not only what's happening in this country, but worldwide. So, uh, you know, we've heard a lot in in the news recently, Nathan, about debt ceiling. So I thought maybe let's start with that. I know many people I know don't even know what debt ceiling means. So explain to us what it means, what's been in the news, and how that really has implications for us. Absolutely. Be happy to do that. And certainly happy to have both of you here. Mike and Mark, it's a pleasure to welcome you here and have you on site with me. Feels very welcoming and glad you're here. And to your point, there are a lot of people that don't understand what it means when they hear debt ceiling and and what that what that really means for for them personally and what their personal finances how they're impacted by the debt ceiling. And you know, I won't get deep into the weeds over you know the conversation. Don't want to lose people's interest. But if I could explain it and maybe break it down at the high level, you know, the U.S. government has two ways of generating revenue. And everyone knows the primary method, which is taxes, right? You know, tax your revenue, tax your income, reconcile it into the year, true up with Uncle Sam, you pay or you get money back. That's the primary method the government uses to generate revenue to meet its obligations. And those obligations are, you know, Social Security payments, paying the federal workers, programs and privileges that we have, you know, everything down from the the federal DOT to the local Department of Transportation, all of those programs come from, you know, government-related spending. And so the Treasury Department oversees, obviously, the Internal Revenue Service that oversees our ability to pay our taxes, right? The debt ceiling side of that is the government's secondary way to generate revenue. And the debt ceiling is probably better described as maybe they should call it the bond ceiling and just say, hey, this is the number, this is the amount of bonds or debt we're willing to take on. Because for the government, issuing a bond represents debt, right? And so that's why they refer to it as the debt ceiling. And so everything 
that is included in that process of creating a bond and then selling the bond and then making interest payments on that bond, it's all wrapped up into the fabric of our U.S. economy. And so why that gets really important is because, you know, the legislation, you know, the, you know, the, the way that it's been designed, it is in today's world, there's a limit on how much debt the government sells. And that's why they keep talking about the debt ceiling, right? Now, the, the, the concept there is, as long as your economy strong and your economy strong enough to make your debt service payments, then how should the amount of debt you sell be a, a big factor? Well, maybe, maybe not. The U.S. has never defaulted on their, their bond payments. And, you know, the thing that people worry about is the ability for the government to make the interest payments to the bond holders. So everyone who's got a 401k, a 5013B, or, you know, any of those investment products, most of them are backed by bonds. Social security payments are certainly backed by bonds, right? You know, we pay in from our paychecks, a portion of our our, uh, our FICA and our Medicaid, all of that gets wrapped up into, you know, bond purchases, you know, and those bond interest payments are how the payments get made for the workers. And, you know, that money's added, you know, as it goes out the door with money that's collected from taxes. And so all of that really comes together to create, again, what I call the fabric of the U.S. economy. And so that's why it's really important because if we are not able to increase the number of bonds that are sold, i.e. raise additional revenue to meet the government obligation, the only other option is to raise taxes. Mm -hmm. And there's a point at which you can't raise taxes any any further because the people that are producing the revenue that leads to the tax generation will just stop producing. Mm. You know, the higher you tax people, you know, the the more they begin to lose incentive to continue production, right? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and and so that that's the that's the important part. And so I think, you know, we have to have that 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 good balance, but for for the listeners out there, debt ceiling is no more than the bond market, the bonds that are sold that the government sells, they bring in a bunch of cash and they sell these bonds to, and, and sometimes the bonds are sold within the government, right? Social Security Administration is buying the bonds, you know, as well as, you know, Google and Microsoft and all the other big Fortune 500, 100 companies that are that are making, you know, investments for their employees. So with what we've heard in the news, the compromise between the parties and so what is the benefit and what is the challenge with raising the debt ceiling. Yeah, so the, the the benefit of raising the debt ceiling is in the short term, the government can continue to fund the existing programs. So programs, you know, you know, the common ones that people always talk about, Social Security, Medicare, but also, you know, Department of Transportation spending and you know this this revamping of the IRS and you know every place where the government is spending money they can continue to spend those dollars. And, you know, the number of government workers, you know, you start to think about local, state, and federal level, there's just, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people that are depending on their paychecks, you know, related to the government's ability to have money to pay them, right? 
And this debt ceiling is a big part of that. And, you know, what, what, what the other benefit is, is people that are, you know, receiving pension payments and 401k distributions and, you know, their social security payments, those, those payments are largely, you know, based on the government's ability to pay their interest payments to the bondholders, which are the corporations or the government entities that are holding the asset on be- on behalf of the employee. So in some ways, it sounds like there's nothing new that we've heard this for decades, but they're putting a name to it and uh, politicizing it a little bit. But it sounds like it's, you know, pretty much the same thing that's always been. Is that, would you say that's pretty fair? It, it is the same game. Nothing's changed in this game. It's the same game that, that we've always had. We've, I, I say we, but I mean, the, you know, the politicians have always used, you know, this ability to negotiate the debt ceiling as a leverage point, and both parties do it. I mean, depending on, you know, who's in, in the executive office, which party's in control of the executive, you know, the other parties use it as a, as a bargaining chip. And essentially, you know, the Republicans, in my opinion, kind of won the fight on this one because they achieved a reduction in the budgetary spending allocation for the IRS revamp. And that was what they really wanted. That was the big win for them was to reduce the funding, to revamp the IRS, to take pressure off of their constituents. So we have about two minutes before the break. Uh, Anything else you'd like to share with us that really our listeners need to know about the economy? Yeah, you know, the thing that I think people should really be focused on and paying attention to is as interest rates continue to to tick up, we'll see at this next Fed meeting if there's another quarter point increase. If there is, the economy will continue to slow down. We're already seeing slowdowns. We saw Disney announce big layoffs. I've got clients that have been affected by the Disney layoffs that have lost their jobs. Well, unfortunately, that is the goal. That is the goal of raising interest rates. So the outcome of that is people will have to pay attention to their disposable income and start to make really wise decisions on how much debt they take on and really think about where they are financially. And if they have the ability to kind of clean up their their financial plate, now would be the time to really start to tighten up a bit. You know, when you talk to Christians in the financial world, you're you're really preaching what what they talk about less debt and and you know frees you up a little bit so when we come back from the break let's talk about the economy as it affects the christians and the church and what we as christians really need to do and be prepared for as we're moving forward so we're here on location. Mike and I are in the, in the office of Petra Worldwide with Principal Nathan Weaver. And uh, we're talking about all things economy. And uh, we will be back in just a moment.
If you're a Christian business person and you want to meet people who want to do business with you, you need to join the Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because the mission of the Christian Chamber is to build kingdom, business, and community. And it all starts with the Christian principle of building relationships. To learn more about the Christian Chamber and all the different ways you can get engaged with hundreds of other Central Florida Christian business people, visit cfchristianchamber.com or call 407-258-3570. Ladies, do you want the men in your lives to be better husbands, fathers, and providers? Men, do you want all that and more? Christ-Led Communities has the answer. With men's Bible studies and group experiences, Christ-Led Communities has a curriculum that meets most every man's spiritual needs. Visit clchq.org to learn about your opportunities to grow in Christ in a Christ-Led community. The website again is clchq.org or 407-484-3899. Once again, here's Mark Goldstein. And we're back with the Shepherd of Work, Mark Goldstein and Mike Gillen in not the studios today with uh, Nathan Weaver at uh, Petra Worldwide. Uh, in the last break or before the break, uh, Nathan, you gave um, an amazing explanation of death ceiling and the why and the why fours. And then during the break, as these commercials were, were airing, Mike, you, you made a great comparison with Joseph. Well, you know, when I think, Mark, and I'm listening to Nathan talk, uh, the the concept uh, that I'm hearing Nathan explain is that the government is basically borrowing money. I mean, it's loaning uh, something they don't have. And in the Bible, when we read what Joseph did in when he was there in Egypt, and he has this vision, the dream, and and he's there because of Potiphar putting him in prison. And now Pharaoh is bringing him out and having him explain Pharaoh's dream. And in the whole process, the explanation that Joseph gave was, here's what you should do to get prepared for the coming days. And it was setting aside real goods, real grain, real product. And they were storing it through all those years of plenty because the years of famine were gonna come. So when the years of famine did come, what they actually had were storehouses that were full of not paper money, not borrowed money, not digital currency, but they had actual, real, tangible goods and services. And so what happened in Joseph's preparation is completely different than what we have today, right? It is different, not different in, in concept, but, you know, kind of different in, in in the way that the government flows and operates. Your point is well taken, spot on in terms of the government, the U.S. government's ability to kind of sell its future. And what we're really doing is we're, we're selling that future, anticipating that the economy will continue to grow and be strong enough to make the debt service payments because selling those bonds, the government is wagering that the economy will continue to be robust enough that they will continue to be able to make the payments on that debt service. It's almost like using your credit card Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, I'm going to get a raise at work next year so I can make the higher credit card payment. And every year, you do the same cycle and do the same cycle, but you never really pay off the credit card. You just make enough money to make the payment on the credit card. 
And it also sounds like the people that once they run up a credit card, they get a new card, move the money over and have interest free for a little bit. So based on, Mike, what, what you're saying, Nathan, how can we as Christians and the church be more like Joseph's? Yeah, and I think we're called to it. And, you know, it's, it was a great point, Mike. And as Christians, you know, taking the example, like we should take all of our cues from the Bible, right? We should be constantly meditating on the word, taking our cues from the Bible. And let's look at our storehouses. Let's look at how we're spending our money as Christians. Let's make sure that, you know, it's important that we're not managing our money, leveraging our future. And so, you know, paying off your debt, you know, and fighting the desires to, you know, live the American dream, keep up with the Joneses, all of the things that, you know, drive us to have behaviors that are not consistent with biblical teaching and principles. It is certainly more important to make sure that you've got savings. You've got, you know, three to six months worth of emergency money. The folks that were laid off at Disney, you know, this, this last week, I heard they had another round of layoffs. And I, I personally know some of those people, as long as they've got some savings where they can bridge the gap and to their next job, they're not going to be struggling and you know running up credit cards and, and doing, you know, other, other debt functions to try to survive. And this economy is built on production. You know, the American economy is built on, you don't have the ability to stop. If you stop, it's going to fall apart. Everyone is running all the time. And the economy is built on that. And so if you want to take a break from the constant hustle and bustle and, you know, the next job and, you know, people working two, three jobs to survive, you know, the only way to get there is to take the example that Mike mentioned from Joseph, you know, when the famine strikes, you make sure your storehouses are not empty. So pay off your debts, you know, put money in savings, forego the new car. You know, I know that, you know, people get attracted to the payment and it looks good in front of the neighbors. All of those things are, are wonderful. But you know what? If you can drive the car you're driving and save a little cash, then that's probably the better option because sooner or later, you know, everyone loves the sunshine, but we need the rain, right? And it, it's not, it's not going to be sunny every day and you have to expect it. What's interesting is as you're talking, that's reminding me about the people who I got to have it now. It, there's no delayed gratification. I've got to have it now. And even if I have to borrow mm -hmm. to, to get it, I'm going to get it now. And I mean, uh, as somebody that we all really like, Dave Ramsey, uh, really talks about don't have credit cards. Um, because, and when you look at what people are paying per year to service the debt, uh, it's, it's a ton of their income. I remember one time I, I saw uh, the, this uh, ad and it was all about one of these cards you're talking about that basically it's like a, a loan that you could get that would give you a card afterwards so you consolidate all your bad debts and you know now you get it down to one payment that you can afford. And the commercial showed this overjoyed guy that was moments before burdened under with all this debt, and he goes, now I can go out and buy the things I really want. 
It's unfortunate, but it's true. You know, and, and I'll tell you, Mark, you hit a hot button with me and that hot button, it, it it's so true about, you know, the American expectation. And that's how I, I look at it is the American expectation. Earlier this year, I uh, adjusted my, my email signature and I, I, I quoted myself on my email signature, you know, because that's the thing people do. They put lots of quotes in the email signature. I quoted myself on my email signature and the quote reads, my greatest competitive advantage, dot, 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 patience. Because we have always held the principle at Petro Worldwide that we're, we're not for everyone. For clients that want things quick, fast, in a hurry, that's not what we do. We do discipline, patient approaches to get to a long-term outcome that's going to have sustained success. You know, and we feel so strongly about that. When you walked into our office, one of the things you may or may not notice next to our, our, our logo on the wall, right next to that, there's a, a picture of the three little pigs. Mm. And that picture of the three little pigs represents that principle. We know what happens to the two lazy pigs that slapped it together to go play, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But we also know what happened to the pig that took his time, was diligent, brick by brick, painstaking effort and time, and he had the long-term success. And he had to go rescue the other pigs at the end of the day. you know. But that is a principle that we have lost in America, unfortunately. Another principle, and you know, in reading the Bible as much as I have, the number three jumps out so many times, and three is... It, to me, it's like wisdom. It's a waiting per- period and, and really reconciling and, and, and whatever. And to me, if there's a big ticket item or something is, is going to cost a good bit, wait three days. Chances are on that third day, you're not going to want it. You're going to change your mind. Yes, it, that, that's a certainly a valid principle. You know, and I, I recommend people do that. It, with everything in their life, you know, there, there, there's a moment with every experience where you have a rush of emotion. If, if people can learn to harness that emotion, let the emotion subside and then make your decision on whatever it is, whatever the topic is, whether it's purchasing something, whether it's having a, a strong conversation with someone, whatever it is, if you can just recognize that I need to let the emotions of the moment pass me by before I make a decision, you put yourself in a better position in so many disciplines in life. Nathan, I take time with you just blast by and you have always been so good to the shepherd. We want to be good to you. So tell our audience how they can reach out to you and a couple of things, especially now that folks may want that you can help them with. So your your audience can reach us at petroworldwide.org. You know, go to our website, hit our contact button. We'll be happy to reach out to you. We have a passion and our mission is strengthening ministries to transform humanity. And our goal is to service every church that will allow us to be of service and to help those churches reach their God-given vision, mission, and potential And we do that by bringing expertise and infrastructure to their environment. So let's say just very quickly, let's say there's somebody who's looking to start a nonprofit organization and they don't know what to do. They could come to you 
and you can help them soup to nuts, actually getting the nonprofit and structuring it and moving forward. Absolutely. We can help them with the 1023, the, the IRS process, setting up their books, bank accounts. We can walk them from infancy all the way to maturity. So give, give us again the web address and your phone number. Sure. Our web address is www.petraworldwide.org. People can contact us at 407-332-8556. Nathan, as always, you are a magnificent guest. Thank you for inviting us to your place today. So for Mike Gillen, this is Mark Goldstein and Nathan Weaver. Have a marvelous rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week been listening to The Shepherd at Work. Tune in next week as Mark will introduce you to another marketplace leader who'll show you how to live your Christian faith in every place you work and live. The Shepherd at Work, sponsored by the U.S. Christian Chamber of Commerce, building kingdom, business, and community. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.